For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Our national nightmare is finally over. Ezekiel Elliott has a contract. He's going to play this Sunday. Finally, we can, well, we're going to have to lead off the show with it, but finally we're done talking about this this nightmare of a contract situation. Uh, obviously, Melvin Gordon's one we're going to still have to deal with, but Zeke is signed. He's going to play Sunday. The nightmare's over. This is the TDN Fantasy Podcast. I'm Jamie Eisner. I'm with Jake Arians. Paige is off in Chicago. I don't know, trying to find out if she can give Mitchell Trubisky any last-second tips before they play the Packers tomorrow Or night. just a hug or something. Something just to encourage him. Uh, but we're back here, and there's so much to talk about, but we have to start with Zeke. Finally signed. He's going to be the highest-paid running back in the NFL, but like we always see with this stuff, it's a lot of funny money involved in the deal. But for fantasy purposes only, he's back. He's going to get 20 to 25 reps as the report in week one. So I think there's two ways to look at this, Jake. One, what is your week one evaluation of Zeke? And then what is the season-long evaluation of Zeke for the few of us like us in our TDN league that are drafting tonight? For those of us that are drafting tonight, he's back in the top four. Uh, I I almost want to put him back to two. If he's going to get 15 to 20 touches, 20 to 25 touches – Maybe he's down a little bit in week one, but the rest of the season, I go right back to what you talked about, him and Saquon, you're splitting hairs on who you want to take as the number one guy. So even if you take a little bit of a hit, you're not missing three, four, five, six weeks like we thought was maybe going to be the case. And by all accounts, he's in great shape. He looks phenomenal. He knows the offense. He's ready to go. And if he gets 15 to 20 touches, you know, for us, I think he definitely goes in the top four tonight. I don't know how you could get past four without taking him. Uh, no, so I'm, I'm expecting big things for the season. I think he's going to have a monster season, and I think he's going to come in this weekend and, and get ready to roll. Yeah, you have to take him in the top four. I'm probably still taking him number one overall. Um, look, for week one, I want to be clear about the uh, 2025 reps, I should say, not touches, if I said touches earlier. So he's going to basically be, I would assume, probably around 10 to 12 touches in week one. So he's going to be more of a flex play for me if you look at the draftnetwork.com's rankings you're going to see. I believe he's my RB26 right now. So uh, obviously if you drafted him, you're playing him. Um, I doubt you're going to have a lot of other options there. Uh, the one that might be the fun one is if you picked up Duke Johnson, because uh, I have Duke Johnson one spot ahead of him and you only have one flex spot. That could get interesting, but you're probably playing him. I would take him number one overall right now. Uh, I've been saying all offseason that if he was in camp, I would take him number one overall. Um, I understand he's going to have a little bit less of a week one performance than we were hoping for because he's going to get maybe 10 carries instead of 20 carries, but he still, to me, is the safest option at the top of the draft. I still have some concerns about Saquon Barkley's offense. Uh, I still love Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey and those guys, but I-, I think Ezekiel Elliott is the safest option there. So feel free to take him if you have the number one overall pick in any of your drafts coming up, but definitely do not let him get out of the top four. And for week one, you're going to have to play him most likely, uh, and it's not going to be the end of the world. You're not going to get a world-beating performance, but 
I'd imagine. You might, though. I mean, they're saying, okay, 10 to 15, 20, 20 25 snaps. And we're saying, okay, then maybe that equates to 10 to 12 touches. If he feels great and things are going well, you could still end up with 13 carries, three catches, a touchdown. Like, it still could be a really solid 18 to 22 point game. Yeah. I mean, I, I think. And, it's- you're, and actually, if that's your worst case for the year. I mean, if you draft him, you're playing him. I'm not taking him out of RB1 for somebody else. I'm not, like, playing Darius Geis over him if he's sitting on your bench. I agree with you. He's more of a flex. But I'm just – if I draft him that high, and I wish I'm drafting freaking 14th, thanks, Paige, and you're random whatever in our league tonight. Um, you know, if I was in that top four and he came to me, I'd be putting him in and just leaving him there all year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a good chance he scores a touchdown in that game too. So we may, even if yeah. he only gets ten carries, if one of them's for six points and a touchdown, then you're going to be perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I highly doubt, unless you're like in some ten-team league or something, uh, where you just have stacked everywhere, that you're going to even be considering somebody else in both your running back and a flex spot. But uh, as Jake alluded to, we're going to have uh, a TDN fantasy draft tonight with the Draft Network guys by yourself, Paige. And Jake will all be in it with a bunch of the guys. Fourteen you know. freaking teams, and Four. your boy here is picking fourteenth again. Yeah. Thanks, Paige. Yeah, Jake's picking fourteenth. The underscore sports page. Get at her for me, people. Thank you. She's picking one. Oh, by, by the way, way, she's picking first in the yeah. randomness of how this works. And I'm picking eleven. Eleven. So Jake and I are not only going to be at the back end of the draft, but I basically get to steal Jake's players. You get to steal everybody you and I want late in front of me every single time. Exactly. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to We'll be to going that. back and forth because I get to pick back to back. So I'm going to be jumping ahead around and taking guys I know you want. So check us out tonight. We're, we're going to be uh, Instagram living a lot of it. Uh, check out uh, at the underscore sports page. She's going to be uh, in there at FFB. I'm going to pop up in the Instagram feed a little bit. So it'll be really exciting to kind of see what a literal last minute draft looks like. And now that we know the status of everybody except Melvin Gordon, uh, it's going to be really exciting. But let's talk about Melvin Gordon for a second because there was a report that came out that the Chargers wanted a first and a third round pick for him. Uh, that's adorable. That's never going to happen. So let's not even no. spend time discussing that. But there was a report that the Eagles did inquire about Melvin Gordon. They offered, uh, re- reportedly offered Jordan Howard and a swap of mid-round picks. Obviously, that deal was not taken because we're not talking about that yet. But that's a fascinating trade for me if that were to happen. Jake, I'm of the mind that Melvin Gordon's missing eight games. There's been some debate on the contract side whether he can miss eight games or he can miss ten games to have his contract still toll. Uh, I'm just assuming he misses half the season at this point. What about you? No, I think there's going to be an injury in week one or two and somebody's going to go ahead and risk and roll the dice. I mean, if it went to Philly, it'd kill my Miles Sanders prediction. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't maybe put Miles Sanders in that trade. Uh, it's going to take a lot more than that. I mean, they might go, okay, we'll give you Jordan Howard in the three, and that, that might work. I don't know. Philly's pretty strapped on the cap, though. I don't know how they would ever do a long-term deal with Melvin Gordon. I'd assume but they would. Philly, make Philly pretty damn good. I'd assume they would. I mean, they're I'm already going to be good. Yeah. But that would. I would assume that they, that they were looking at this as a one-year deal, and which is particularly why they didn't offer very much. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if that's the case, then that's why they offered that. I love it for Philly if it works out. Actually, kind of like it for for LA. They can they can move on and be done with this. Um, but I, I don't I don't think he's going to miss that much time. I still say he's not going to play for the Chargers, and that looks apparent now. But so, there's too many injuries, and there's too much that fluctuates week to week in the NFL. And if somebody has their guy go down, and they're say they're they're one of these teams, or say Nick Chubb goes down, don't be surprised if the Browns go do it. They got the cap space. You know what I mean? Like something like that. I think somebody's going to go. Okay, he's still sitting there. 
let's go give up some draft capital and let's make this run. Yeah, I, I'm of the mind that nobody is signing him now. That's kind of where I am, that wherever he goes and plays, it's just going to be he's going to have to play out the year somewhere, and he will because he's going to have to play at least some amount of games if he wants to become a free agent. So uh, as far as fantasy concerns, I mean, I, I've been asked a bunch of times, you know, where do you feel comfortable drafting Melvin Gordon? And the answer is you're never going to feel comfortable wherever you draft Melvin Gordon. Uh, he's probably a guy that I've seen go a lot of times in the fourth round now. I'd have to go later than that for me. Um, he's not off my board, but he's pretty close. I, I would have to get to probably at least round six or round seven before I feel totally Yeah, like I said, we drafted two weeks ago in one of my other leagues. I had my wife take him in the early sixth round. And I, I was excited about that, and I still feel pretty good about that now. But again, that's why you don't draft early. We're drafting late, but look at all the information we have, the injury reports, all this stuff. I mean, we have more information than anybody that drafted in the weeks you know previous. So, I mean, if, if he was sitting there in the eighth round tonight, Although this league's crazy. we got two receivers, two running backs, a tight end, a quarterback, two flexes. So, I mean, until you have that full, it's hard to say I want to take a guy. Like, I love, I took A.J. Green in the sixth round in my other league, but yeah, I could already – it was my first spot on my bench. And I love that because I know he's going to come back and play well. That's hard to do in this league, right? I mean, Melvin Gordon, A.J. Green got to fall a lot farther than we were thinking before because I'm not going to take a bench guy before I have to take a flex guy. Yeah, I mean, it's all about your league construction. But I think A.J. Green, that's a pretty good comp where – you're looking at a player that has, you know, A.J. Green has wide receiver one upside when he plays. Melvin Gordon has mid-level RB1 upside when he plays. And we know A.J. Green's going to miss probably, we're assuming, three or four weeks. That mean, And we're taking him in the sixth round. Obviously, Gordon has more upside as, again, being the number five or number six running back is a lot greater than being the number 10 wide receiver, for example. But that's kind of the range where you're going to start taking those risks when you start to look at your first bench spot. Uh, let's talk about – these don't really have a fantasy relevance, but we should talk about the two quarterbacks that got extensions. The big one, Jared Goff, uh, signed through 2024, $110 million in guarantees. Jacoby Brissett also got a two-year $30 million extension or, in reality, a one-year $20 million extension, the way it's written. Uh, what are your yeah. thoughts on Goff first and then the deal that Brissett got? You know, I, I want to give Les Snead a lot of credit. Les Snead got banged on when Jeff Fisher was the coach. But if you looked at the team when Jeff Fisher was there, you always went, damn, they got a lot of talent. They got speed. They got size. They got like the who's who of the SEC. The team was constructed well. And I love Les Snead getting this done before Dak gets done. Right? Because Dak, you heard the reports. They kept. I also love how they did it. They kept it quiet. There was nothing in the media. Nobody really knew other than you heard rumblings, rumblings this spring that they'd like to get it done. They get it done. It's a huge contract, but they wrap up their franchise quarterback. It fits in the cap. He had the cap set up to be able to do this. I just think he's a hell of a general manager. I've known him for a long time. I think he does a hell of a job. And the Colts are getting banged on for getting Brissett done. But in that, in my mind, it doesn't hurt you at all. The caps got, they got all the cap room in the world. It solidifies your locker room behind Jacoby Brissett for this season. And $20 million as a starter is nothing in this league. I mean, basically the way you said it is, it's $20 million for this year. They'll have him for next year. But if all things go good, you've unified the team, the locker room, the fan base, everything, and they're moving on. I, I'm not going to bash on, on them at all for this. I like what they did because he's their guy this year, and they still got a really solid team. So I, I don't have a problem with all with them paying him, and I love what the Rams did. I love how they kept it quiet and Les did a hell of a job getting that done. Yeah, and Brissett will be the Colts quarterback next year too. Even if they draft a rookie, their odds are they're we don't expect them to be bad enough to the point where they're going to be picking in the top no, two or top no. three. Uh, it's always possible they trade a bunch of assets to move up, but uh, in this case, at least if you bring in a rookie in the middle of the first round or so you take one in the second or third round, you still have a veteran option on your team for one year. 
And then, and then two years from now, if he's even on your team, he's coming at a pretty cheap price, but he's probably a guy that you're going to cut in two years. So uh, I like that deal. And then look, the Jared Goff extension, it's been a tale of two, uh, two coaches for him. You know, we saw, saw what he was like under Jeff Fisher. We saw what he was like under Sean McVay. And, you know, this argument was going around social media, which, which I annoyed the hell out of me was that, well, J- Jared Goff would be nothing without Sean McVay. Let's pretend that that's a hundred percent true. Let's take that at full face value that he is a, backup quarterback if we will under any other coach they're not firing Sean McVay anytime soon guess who's going to be his coach for the tenure of his contract Sean McVay so if he's a damn good quarterback with your team with your coach with your players around him why is that a bad thing I I, I don't understand what the argument is because haters are going to hate and people got to go bitch about something it's you're exactly right you're spot on look they signed their franchise defensive player Aaron Donald and they've signed their offensive franchise player. And the Todd Gurley deal doesn't hurt them. Even with the arthritis and everything else, I think they front-loaded that so they can get out of it, or they back-loaded it technically, or they front-loaded the guaranteed money so they can get out of that if they have to. They, they've drafted Henderson behind him. They've got multiple weapons on the outside. they got young everything. And the only other thing that costs a ton of money is pass rushers and left tackles. Well, they're okay there. So, like, I, I think he's done a hell of a job. I love this. Lock him up and get him done. Yeah, I, I do too. So this, this this makes complete sense to me. Again, no, no fantasy relevance there, just some news and notes for you to know. But let's start talking about the uh, the unfortunate and fortunate side of being in the regular season. That is the good and bad news from injury reports. And there are a lot of them out there as we start to think about week one lineups. Uh, let's talk about players that did practice first. Uh, DK Metcalf looks like he is likely to play week one. He did practice today on Wednesday. With the fact that David Moore is out, I would really, really – he cracked the very, very end of my top 100 flex plays this week. I'd be very intrigued if I own DK Metcalf, particularly in a league that if you're playing three wide receivers or you're playing three receivers and two flex, there are a lot of deeper leagues like that. Keep an eye on DK Metcalf this week. What do you think about him for week one? Yeah, Week one still worries me a little bit. I'd love to have him now. I was a little worried how long this was going to linger. But like I said last week, he's 230 pounds. He's a big dude. And, yeah, it was just a scope, and they cleaned some stuff up. But they're playing on field turf. Depending on how practice goes today and tomorrow, if he practices all three days, I feel really, really good about it because that means he's having no setbacks. There's no swelling. There's no unexplained soreness that pops up, those kind of things. Um, so if, I would, if, I, if you like him and you got him or you already drafted him, and most people have already drafted, and you're paying attention to that flex, pay attention to practice. Not necessarily the injury report because he's probably still going to be probable all the way through the weekend. Pay attention to practice. Was he out there when just the media was there? Was he riding the bike? Or would he have pads on? Or was he practicing? If he practices without any setbacks, I feel really good about it because I like the player, and they don't have any other options. We talked about the other day. If he's on the field, it's a lot harder to double Tyler Lockett like we were talking about when we were talking about Jerron Brown the other day. Yeah, sometimes opportunity is what you need, and I, I don't think DK Metcalf is going to be a player that's going to you're going to want to start on a weekly basis. But you know, while David Moore is out, he is somebody you have to pay attention to. Uh, I do look, I do somewhat worry this week one, obviously dealing with the injury, but a little bit with game script as well. I don't imagine the Seahawks are going to have much trouble with Cincinnati at home. So I don't know how much, how much they're going to pass in the second half of this game, but still someone to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, another player. If he's healthy, they're going to take a couple shots to him. That's well. for sure. Uh, you might as well. Well, you took him. So, and he's got the, again, he's a physical freak. So you you kind of yeah. got to see what you have in him. Um, and we'll see. He's got the opportunity here to earn a bigger role. David Moore isn't on the field right now. And, that doesn't mean that he's David Moore is going to step right back into a starting role if he's healthy if Metcalf outproduces. So we'll see how that goes. 
the on again, on off again, all off season at quarterback was with Cam Newton. Whether he's going to play week one or week two, whether he wasn't going to play, then he had another injury, and this it was all up in the air. He is not on the injury report right now. All signs point to him playing in week one. Right now, I have him as my quarterback fourteen for this week at home against the Rams. Do you think that's about fair, Jake? Or do you have or do you have thoughts either way? If I think he's lower than that, if you have another quarterback, I, even if you say you. I didn't do this last year, but I'm really leaning towards it. All my mock drafts this year was taking a second quarterback late. So if I took Matt Ryan early, then I was grabbing Roethlisberger uh, in this 14 man league in the in the in the mocks that I've done. You know, you end up with Trubisky, you might get Cousins. You take Roethlisberger, but it's going to be eight, even if it's Josh Allen. But say it was Matthew Stafford. I think Matt Stafford has a bigger weekend this weekend against the Cardinals than Cam Newton does against the Rams. I think he's going to be running for his life. And I know he's not on the injury report, but he's not 100%. He still has a new throwing motion. And I think this Rams defense is going to be really good. So I don't think he's going to have that big of a week at all. It's definitely interesting. I, I like Stafford a lot as a streaming option. Uh, he, if you check out my rankings on the draftnetwork.com, he cracks my top 20 this week. Uh, the Cardinals, I, we'll get too deep into this. We'll talk more about it when we do our, our game-by-game previews on Friday. But I would like to remind you that Petra Peterson is suspended and Robert Alford might miss the season. So they're down to the – And they have to stop the run yeah, in two years. They're down to their third and fourth quarterbacks. Uh, but by the way, one of them's a rookie, and I think their fifth quarterback's also a rookie. Uh, so there's a lot to like there. But, yeah, with Cam Newton, to me – uh, he is not somebody that I would feel comfortable starting this week. Uh, he's got a quick turnaround next week, so you might start to look at some other options. Uh, players I've ranked above him that you might have on your bench. Uh, I'm really high on Lamar Jackson this week. He cracks my top seven. Uh, I don't think Miami can stop anybody right now. Uh, Dak Prescott. You know, that's, I'll, stop, I'll, I'll stop you there because I, I agree with you 100%. I think Baltimore is going to give all their fans a lot of false hope in these first yes. couple weeks. they got a cupcake schedule, and I think this new offense is going to look like a champ for the first three or four weeks. And by week five, you're going to see a big drop-off. But I love him and Ingram these first couple weeks. Yeah, weeks one and weeks two for Baltimore are very interesting because they go to Miami, then they host the Cardinals next week. And by the way, host them on an early start time. Uh, so if, by the way, if you, if you haven't drafted yet, and, and I hate to say this because Jake's probably going to scoop me on this guy now, or this, this I guess not a guy, this thing, uh, I've been targeting the Baltimore Ravens defense in drafts because they have the best matchup in week one, in my estimation, and the best matchup in week two. And I'm not keeping defenses for the season. So to me, you draft the Baltimore Ravens, and they're the number one fantasy defense going into the first two weeks of the season for each matchup. So I won't be still on that one unless they're there in round 11. I'll give you a tidbit on that. They're going way too high in the mocks that I've done. I like them, but I love them in week one. That's for sure against Miami. Yeah, I love them the first two weeks. I'm dropping them going into week three. I think they play the Chargers or somebody like that, the Patriots, whatever it is. But the first two weeks, I love them. But guys like Lamar Jackson, a guy like Dak Prescott, Phillip Rivers, Kirk Cousins, I would start all those guys over Cam Newton this week if given the option. Uh, Another player we should talk about quickly, uh, I guess two players, two wide receivers that there wasn't really a ton of doubt whether they would play or not, but just something to know. Odo Beckham Jr. and Deshaun Jackson are both going to play this week. Uh, if you don't know about Beckham Jr., there's no advice here. You're starting him every time he's on the field. I, I, there's nothing else I can – no advice I can give you at this point. Uh, but what about Deshaun Jackson? I, I think we talked about him a little bit a couple episodes ago about how you kind of could tape the – you know, buddy tape the fingers together and go out there. There are a lot of people in the Philadelphia passing game. You've got Alshon Jeffrey. You've got Zach Ertz. But you've also got Aguilar in the slot. You've got Deshaun Jackson. You've got J.J. Osega-Whiteside. You've got Dallas Goddard. Is this going to be a scenario where you don't feel comfortable starting anybody that's not named Ertz or Jeffrey, or is this one of those weeks against the 
blah Washington defense that you say, you know what, as many Eagles as I can get in my lineup, I'm going to. Kind of kind of two things here. If he has a big game, it's going to be in the first half. I don't think he's going to play much in the second half because I think they're going to be up big, and I think our Sega white side, they love a lot. And I think he's probably going to be out there in the second half for it with that finger injury and whatever else. Deshaun's a home run hitter. They're probably going to take a few shots. So he's liable to have one of those two catches, 120 yards, and two touchdowns in the first half. Maybe. Or he doesn't get anything because maybe they don't hit those two and he doesn't play in the second half. I think they're going to run it a ton and they're going to blow the Redskins out. So I don't think I'd play him. I don't think I'd take the risk. I think if you've got somebody else, you're going to have a better option in your flex play. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Uh, I, I don't believe I have Deshaun Jackson ranked uh, in my top 50 wide receivers this week. I just don't, I just don't think he's going to be – look, he can always c- catch that one and have two catches for 79 yards and a touchdown, and you're going to be annoyed when he's on your bench. But uh, I don't think this is the week for him because I think there's no reason for them to throw him out there in the second half. They're going to be up multiple scores, I believe. They have a lot of other options there. Uh, I, this is not the – I like Deshaun Jackson for the season as a guy on your bench, but uh, not for week one. Yeah. Let's let's move over to the negative side of things. Players that are still dealing with injuries. One of them for the Thursday night game. We've talked about a little bit here. Trey Burton is officially questionable. He hasn't practiced. Matt Nagy has basically said, not in these words, but yeah, we don't really care that much. We got plenty of other weapons early in the season. Uh, if for whatever reason you're still holding out and you have Trey Burton in your lineup, get him out of your lineup. By the way, drop him. Unless you're in like a 25 team league, drop him. There's going to be a lot better options on the waiver wire. Yeah, 100%. Look, they're going to want to run the ball more traditionally, I think, early in the season than they did last year. And that requires a real tight end, not a little bitty tight end that's a pass-catching threat. Now, I think that's why you don't, you don't feel any sense of urgency from Nagy and his coaching staff. I think they know what their game plan is going in. He's not a big part of it anyway. Yeah, and potential options for you if you are looking on the waiver wire. Uh, if Jack Doyle's still available, he's my tight end 10 this week. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, tight end 15. Jimmy yep. Graham, tight end 16. Uh, I'm not a big Mark Andrews fan. I think this stuff has kind of been overrated. He hasn't been on the field with Lamar Jackson as much as I think people thought. They're going to rotate those tight ends in. But I love everything that Baltimore's doing in the first two weeks. So if you're going to take a shot, take a shot on him. And another guy that I don't love for the season, but in a great matchup week one is TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I mean, this is one of those few weeks I think you can actually take advantage of that role, even though you don't want to play him most of the season. So uh, he's not a guy that I would keep in. And that same advice goes for Jordan Reed owners. He has not yet been cleared. He's still a concussion protocol. I would just assume he's just not going to play week one. And I wouldn't hold on any extra hope for that. Yeah, no, I, I like all those. I mean, I got one for So Evan Ingram or Ebron this week when we're talking about tight ends? Uh, Evan Ingram uh, by a mile. Even with the good linebackers for Dallas? Yeah. Cause just because he's a receiver, basically, and they're going to throw it a ton. Volume. Yeah. I, he's not He's not going to be efficient uh, at all. I, I think he's his, his points per target is not going to be good. I think it's actually going to be below league average, but they're going to throw it to him so much. It's, he's just going to get the volume to make it work. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, like, I like all that. I mean, he's going to have one of those. He's basically their, their number two option, right? I mean, Sterling Shepard and him. I mean, Golden Tate's not back for week five, so. And I think Shepard's really the third option. I think that Saquon won. Well, yeah, that's, that goes without saying. Saquon might be one, two, and three, and then you get to four and five. And by the way, that's where he's had the most success. He's, Ingram, Evan Ingram has been a much better fantasy player with Odell Beckham not on the field. Yes. And guess what? Odell Beckham ain't walking through those doors. As much headspace as the Giants still take up in his head, he ain't walking through that door on Sunday. So no. I, I, I still like Evan Ingram. The one scary name that just popped up today out of nowhere, Stephon Diggs, did not practice, undisclosed why he did not practice. 
Uh, is this again? It's something that we can't give you really advice on right now. We have to kind of see how things go. And Our advice is pay attention right because he went in the fourth round more than likely, a third round, fourth round in your draft. So if you have him, you better pay attention to why. Wednesday is okay, but if he doesn't practice Thursday, Friday, and they don't say why, there's a chance he's not playing this weekend. You better pay attention to that. But I want to bring this up because it's something we talked about on the pre-show. Uh, was you talking about how you're a little bit lower on both Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen this year. Do you want to tell everybody why maybe that we should kind of cool the Jets on the Vikings having two top 12 wide receivers? Yeah, because I'm that high on Dalvin Cook and Gary Kubiak. They're running Gary Kubiak's Denver Broncos, Houston Texans zone running scheme. Dalvin Cook looks phenomenal in the preseason. He's back from this injury. He's a superstar. He went in the middle of the first round when he came out of Florida State. How soon people forget. I think he has a monster year, and they fired Filippo, who th- was throwing it more than anybody for the first 12 weeks last year, one of the highest percentage of throwing in the history of the NFL. He's gone. That's why those guys had such monster seasons last year early, but Thielen fell off big time the last three or four weeks. Diggs, I think, has more upside because he still has a home run potential, but I think both of those guys take a step back to earth. I do as well, somewhat. Uh, I am team, because this is like the most popular question asked about the Vikings, but I, I'm team Diggs over Thielen. Uh, I think Diggs has been a little bit more consistent. Uh, as an Adam Thielen owner last year, the way he performed in the second half uh, with new the new offensive coordinator in there yeah. uh, is extremely concerning to me. Um, so I'm going to take the guy that has the home run threat in that. All right, I'll, I'll, ask you, I'll ask you this. So in all these drafts I've been doing, uh, you got Diggs, you got Thielen, you got Chris Godwin, you got T.Y. Hilton that's falling down that far. Where are you going there? Rank, rank those four if you're drafting, say, the third or fourth round. Um, so if I'm, if I'm going with those guys, I'm going to go Diggs first. Then Diggs, Thielen, Godwin, uh, and then – oh, no. Diggs, Thielen, Hilton, Godwin. But it's – Really, I think Godwin has more targets than all of them. I'd almost go Godwin, Hilton, and then Diggs and Thielen. I, you know, I, I, might move, I might move Godwin up. I mean, you're going you're gonna to like this, and I'll, I was going to save this for Friday, but we'll, we'll bring it up now. We'll talk about it. Chris Godwin's my wide receiver six this week. I love him in this matchup. Let Richard Sherman deal with Mike Evans on the other side. Chris Godwin's going to get like 10 catches this week. I, I'm, I'm all about Chris Godwin in week one. Yeah, I, but I think that's every week because he's going to be a nightmare. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, think, his, I think his targets are going to be upwards of 10 a week. I, I agree. I, I mean, I've, I've loved Chris Godwin for two years now, and now he's got an offense that's going to use him in that role. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm really excited for that. Uh, let's talk about a couple other names here and you don't want to read too much into depth charts, but there are a couple names that I think are worthwhile to talk about because of where they were listed as starters this week. One of them was Kenyon Drake. Now he's my RB 39 for the week. That's just weird. I'm not starting him, but this I'm is not been, drafting him. This is weird. Like, I don't know what to do with anything that's happening in Miami right now. Look, he got beat out and then he got hurt. Balaj was basically going with the ones. And then Drake gets hurt while they're practicing in Tampa. He's been on the injury report ever since. And now all of a sudden he's the starter? How does that make any – like, one, I'm not drafting him at all. I don't even want to draft Bellage anymore because of this. And now this is like crazy. And he was a great bench guy for later if he was the guy. But I don't know what the hell is going on there. And I don't, I'm not playing Kenyon Drake based off of a stupid – look, here's the other thing you can read into this. Brian Flores comes from where? New England. If anybody's going to mess with you on a depth chart that doesn't matter – it's somebody from New England. So I'm not paying any attention to this at all, and I'm not touching Kenyon Drake this week. Yeah, I, I, I want nothing to do with the Miami running situation. First off, Nor do you want to play a running back in Miami against the Baltimore defense. No, because they're going to be losing three and a half minutes into the game, and they're never going to have to run again. Um, but the, the only Miami Dolphin that I want on my team this year is Albert Wilson, period. 
end of sentence. That's the only one I would consider and have him on my bench. Uh, otherwise, I don't want him. Another one that's really interesting to me, although I think it's less interesting than people are making it out to be, is Matt Breida being named, being listed above Tevin Coleman in the 49ers depth chart. What do you read into that? And I think Matt Breida is flex-worthy this week. Yeah, I mean, I don't read a ton into it. We've already talked about these guys. This is almost going to be a 50-50. They're almost the same guy. They're both fast. They both catch the ball well. They're, they're about the same, running between the tackles. Um, I don't know that I love him flex this week. Devin White is probably going to be covering Kittle the whole game. you still got Levante David, who's really good at covering guys out of the backfield. you got Dale Buchanan, who's more of a safety than a linebacker. I don't know that I love a matchup this week against them. Uh, they're not going to get a lot running. Todd Bowles' defense has stopped the run, period. Um, it's, again, I don't like – I try not to go with these these back – because you're going to get killed one week, okay. right? It's either going to be Coleman or it's going to be Breida. I, if you drafted these guys and you got two flexes, maybe you look at one. I don't think he has a very big week against his defense, though. I think Tevin Coleman is also a flex play. I, I think you're going to get a very similar game plan to what you saw with Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman in the sense of Tevin Coleman's going to have that role – from week to week regardless. Like he's going to be, even if he's not the one that's getting 15 carries a game, he's going to get his touches in another way. So they're going to line him up outside. Uh, this the Niners wide receiver core right now is a freaking mess, which will lead us into our into the next one that we're about to talk about. But um, I think if you drafted Matt Breida late or picked him up on the wire after all the Jarek McKinnon news, he's someone that you might be considering uh, in a flex spot going forward if, that's gonna, if he's going to have that significant of a role in the offense. Yeah, I'd consider it, but I wouldn't expect huge, huge numbers unless he scores. Unless he's going to be touchdown dependent to have to put to put up a big game. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like last year because there's other competition there. When his other competition was where with nobody's and undrafted free agents they brought in week ten, it was a lot different than this year where Tevin Coleman's going to have his role. I don't think Matt Breed is going to be out there for a lot of third downs, or if he is, he's going to be out there and Coleman's also going to be on the field. So uh, yeah. I would temper expectations in that front. One wide receiver because we talked about him a lot. Was, was Dante Pettis, who a lot of people were super high on early in the offseason. Uh, he was still listed as a starter uh, on the depth chart. Which after a horrible preseason. After a, yeah, just a brutal offseason. I mean, the coaching staff and Kyle Shane and company could not have done more to try to light a fire under him than they did this offseason. Uh, I, I, it's nice that he's out there it's nice on the depth chart, but we'll see how he's actually used in the game. I like Marquise Goodwin as a high upside flyer. But I don't think Dante Pettis is anybody that's anything more than a last couple guys on your bench option this year. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not touching him. I, I, they love Debo Samuel, who had a really good preseason. Um, they love Hurd, whether he plays running back, they play his receiver. The kid out of Baylor, we've talked about a bunch. You know, there's no telling what you're going to get. I love Kyle Shanahan, and he's going to scheme the hell out of something. But there's going to be a fullback on the field a lot too. So, you know, Kittle's still their number one guy. You got, we all have questions about Jimmy G, too. He hadn't played a lot, and when he did, he didn't play good. He threw five picks in a row at practice and then threw a, a pick early in that game, in that preseason game right after that. Um, you know, as the season goes on, I don't know. I mean, Pettis is the most talent there, but Marquise Goodwin's the home run hitter who really turned into a, a well-rounded receiver last year. If I'm taking any of these guys, I'm taking Goodwin. Yeah, me too. I have Goodwin on my team. Uh, I know, but Pettis is not available in most leagues, but – uh, if you held on to him, I guess this is a it's not a bad sign that he's listed as a starter, but he's not somebody that uh, I uh, I don't know. I'm I'm in wait and see mode on him. He just had such a brutal offseason that he's really gonna have to show something 
um, in that crowded 49 All right, so I'll throw out another question for you. And this is just all the – I've done so many freaking mock drafts. The knee surgery doesn't help. I'm listening around more doing nothing. Um, but these guys are all lumped together all the time. So you have Pettis. You have Godwin. You've got James Washington. And you've got – who else is right there that I've been looking at? Um but, you know, those guys that are right there lumped together, I'll think of it in a second, but how would you do that? I, I know everybody else is take Pettis. I'm going to take the other two guys. I'm going to take James Washington. I'm going to take Marquise Goodwin. I, I look, I, I want guys on my bench that I think could maybe start for me at some point in the season. And the ups, potential upside of what James Washington could be, particularly in the second half of the season. Uh, oh, Devin Funches was the other one. Uh, those guys are always lumped yeah. together right there. I mean, to me, I keep going – Okay, if I got to play somebody because somebody gets hurt and they're sitting on my bench, I'm taking Washington and I'm probably taking Funches and leaving the other two alone. Yeah, that's that's probably what I would do as well. Uh, I just I, I don't trust Dante Pettis. I don't trust that we're going to have an people always think you're going to have an established number one option in San Francisco. Well, it's Kittle, but even beyond that, I don't know if we're going to know week to week what the other option is. Kyle Shanahan's offense kind of goes with what you need, uh, and he spread the ball around a lot in Atlanta, and they had way more talent the receiving core in Atlanta than he has in San Francisco. So right. I just I don't know if there's going to be that defined number two option there on a week to week basis. I'm not willing to pay the Dante Pettis price to find out that it's him, especially the way he had yeah. his offseason. Yeah. Uh, and one other name to bring up before we do our Packers Bears preview is again a name that is completely irrelevant, does not matter, do not pick up. But I've been asked about it. Yes, technically he was listed as a starter. Uh, do not care about Michael Crabtree. No, I'm not even spending time answering this because I did it so thoroughly last time. Stop, people. Stop. Just stop. Unless it's like a five-point PPR league and you want somebody that doesn't run past five yards of the line of scrimmage and the ball, the ball is apparently supposed to come out super fast of this non-vanilla offense, high-speed, highfalutin, trick plays everywhere, you still have an old receiver that can't run. I agree. I'm not talking. No, I did go on a little bit of a rant there again, but no, stop. Yeah, stop touching him. All right, so let's talk about the Thursday night football game. Packers at Bears from a fantasy football perspective first. Let's start with the QBs. Uh, not the greatest matchup in the world for Aaron Rodgers, but he comes in at QB8 this week for me. Uh, don't get too cute. I, I think a lot of times I see in the fantasy industry that people overrate great QBs in a bad matchup and drop them way low. Uh, we've seen that a lot this week with Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan, who don't have great matchups. But they're elite quarterbacks for a reason. Uh, sure, it's not the best week to start Aaron Rodgers of all the weeks, but he's still clearly the number one option for me for most teams. He's number eight for me this week. Um, what do you think about this? Do you think I'm overreacting? I just a team. I, I see like Aaron Rodgers and like I see Matt Ryan ranked QB twenty this week, and I just I don't understand. No, come on, look, Aaron Rodgers averages like twenty three points a game in his history against the Bears. That's a good stat, including yeah. la, including including last year. Like if you get twenty three points out of Aaron Rodgers this week, you're freaking ecstatic. You are perfectly fine with the rest as long as the rest of your matchups are solid. You're good. I mean, Matt Ryan's playing a really solid defense, but they're a throw first offense. Still really solid. Like I, I don't, I'm not down on Rodgers at all this week. If I had him, I'd love to play. Him. Yeah, look, I think the Bears' defense takes a step back. I'm on record of saying that they're still be really good. But Chuck Pagano's going to blitz more than Vic Fangio, and if anybody's going to catch you, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah, and by the way, Aaron Rodgers is calling the plays. Period. I, I saw the the news story the other day that uh, Aaron Rodgers has been given the freedom to audible out of plays at the line. Yeah, but they know. didn't call it audible, and that's what threw everybody yeah. off. Yeah, we know. Come on, come yeah. on. Uh, yeah. So Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it, it, I like Aaron Rodgers a lot this week. The one name that I have gotten a lot of questions about because I'm really high on him this week is Jameis Winston. I have him as my QB four. 
Um, so I, I do understand that, that that could be one that throws people off. I've already been asked about Rodgers versus Winston. Um, I, I get that one. If you, ha- if you have both, good on yes. you. <laughs> um, I'm going Winston this week. I get why you don't. I, I understand why you wouldn't want to make that move. You didn't draft Aaron Rodgers in the fifth round or the fourth round, wherever you did, to not start him week one. But uh, to me, unless you have Jameis Winston, I doubt you have any of the other guys above him. Um, I'm starting Aaron Rodgers this week. And by the way, if you want to play it safe, play Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to, he's going to have his points. He's going to score. Oh, and by the way, he's not running, at least at this point, on one leg like he was in the second half of that game last year on opening night. No, I mean, look, he's Aaron Rodgers. He's got more weapons. Offensive line's healthy. They're going to put up 21 points at a minimum. And they're probably going to do that through the air. How do you feel? He averages 23 points a game against the Bears. Like, I think Jameis has a big week, too. And if they're down, they're going to be slinging it. So I think he's – I mean, they're splitting hairs yeah. there. But if you took Aaron Rodgers that early, and like I said, if you got them both good on you, that's pretty freaking solid. Um, look to trade Jameis in about week five if that's, your, if that's the case and you do have both of them on your team because I think you're going to get some really good value for him. Um, but, no, I feel great playing Aaron Rodgers in this game. I do too. How about Mitchell Trubisky? He's down at QB 18 for me. Uh, one, because he hasn't had the greatest offseason, and, and I don't want to overrate that too much, but – I was kind of hoping he was going to like kill it this offseason and be primed and ready to go. And, oh, yeah, he's going to take that big step forward right away. And he's kind of fledged a little bit out of the gate. Uh, I don't think this is the – I mean, the Green Bay defense isn't anything special by any means. But uh, I think – They're better. And they're yeah, healthy. and I think they're going to run the ball a lot in this game. I'm just a little concerned about him. Like, if he's your only QB or you have him and, let's say, you know, so, you went like really bold and went like Mitchell Trubisky and Kyler Murray, uh, I think it's going to be a rough week for you. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I'm kind of coming around on the Kyler Murray fantasy thing because I think they're going to be so bad, they're going to be throwing it all over the freaking place. And I think it's all going to come through him. Uh, I like Trubisky. I think he's going to be okay. I don't think – his projected points are really high. I mean, Yahoo is absolutely out of their freaking minds anyway. I still don't know who does their stuff, but it's ridiculous. Uh, I like him in this matchup. But I think they're going to run it more traditionally. And David Montgomery is flying up my boards and somebody I'm taking a look at if I can get him at the right value because of that. I think Tyree Kill is going to be hit or miss week to week. But they're still going to take their shots. They're still going to have some razzle-dazzle. And Trubisky can really freaking run. If you haven't ever watched this dude play, go back and watch some highlights of some of the most freakish runs you've ever seen. I'm talking about ever, including Fran Tarkenton and Michael Vick. Trubisky's had some ridiculously good runs. And he's not scared to do it. I think his, I think his value is going to be there as well. But he's probably this. if you took Trubisky, he's probably the second quarterback you took anyway. And I like I like if you have Ben Roethlisberger and Trubisky, I like Roethlisberger against the Patriots better. As well, I also like the other quarterback in that game better. I, t- I play Tom Brady over uh, yeah. Mitch Trubisky as well this week. And again, it's funny because QB eighteen used to be such a major insult. It really isn't anymore. Like this is, I mean, you probably took Trubisky in the fourteen fifteen range of quarterbacks, and there are some weeks he's going to have better matchups. I'm just a little bit lower on the Bears. Not only all year, but just in this matchup, I just uh, don't know what you're going to get. He's played like five plays in the preseason. They're one of these teams didn't want to play their guys. They have kind of the same weapons, but they all seem to be like they're going to use them in a different way. I'm just not real sure what you're going to get from this team. So that that enough scares me off of him. Yeah. But I think he's going to be fine. He'll probably be in that 16, 18-point range. Yeah, I mean, if you, he's a really good option as your QB2 or Superflex or whatever, but you probably have a better option uh, for this week at least on your bench. Let's talk about the running backs. I have Aaron Jones, number running back 18 this week. Obviously, Bears defense isn't the great matchup, but I think he gets in the end zone. I really do. I think this is going to be an interesting week for him, but not as high on him as you would normally be because of the matchup. 
As far as the Bears go, I mean, I have Montgomery and Cohen right next to each other. They're both flex plays for me because um, I, I still believe Mike Davis is going to get just enough carries early in the season just to annoy the hell out of everybody. Um, but I'm a little down on all of the backs in this game. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, I mean, look, Aaron Jones puts up numbers, but he's never in there on third down. And that bothers me in that offense because they're going to be in the shotgun a lot. And Jamal Williams is in there. And Aaron Rodgers likes him in there because he protects his ass. Um, so I, I agree with probably where you have him. I think he probably does get in the end zone. I think this is probably a fairly high-scoring game, um, you know, upper 20s. So I think he probably is decent, but I like where you have him. They're hiding David Montgomery for a reason. He's looked really good in the preseason. I don't know that I agree with you on the Mike Davis thing just because if Montgomery has looked that good and they feel that comfortable with him, I think they want him to be the guy. And I think you might see that tomorrow night and it just keeps on going. Um, but, I, I, again, I don't know what you're going to see from this Bears offense, so it's enough to scare me to put, put him down and make it flex play. Yeah, and I think if I have the potential, the one I'm worried about being most wrong on, it's David Montgomery. Because yeah, he, yeah, that's he, the most the most risk the most risk reward of of the of the three. Well, Tariq Cohen's gonna be hit or miss anyway, but early in the season they're gonna be moving him all over the place. He's a matchup nightmare, runs, catches, all that stuff. He's still gonna be out there. Yeah, but like well, at least Tariq Cohen, I know when I put him in my as a flex ranking, I realize that there are gonna be weeks where he's a high end RB two. Like I, I I know that there are weeks where he's gonna have three catches. So I, I'm expecting that David Montgomery. Like there's a reasonable path for him to be an RB one this week. Like if if everything clicks right. Um, so that's the one I'm a little bit most nervous about. But to the, me, the problem with Aaron Jones is he's almost got to be your RB two because of where you yeah. drafted him. Well, he's definitely like an RB two this week. Like yeah, but I mean, I mean, you're not taking you. Shit, you might have taken him early enough that he's your RB one, depending on if you went receiver heavy early, like depending on where you're drafting. Yeah, I mean, if you went receiver receiver, you probably Aaron Jones is one of those guys that was most you know. Yeah, so he's playing regardless, and you probably feel okay about it. But I think he's going to be touchdown dependent on having a big day. Yeah, and your point about – and we've talked about a lot about Jamal – excuse me, Jamal Williams being in there on third down, uh, but maybe even more paramount this week against a – I hear they have a decent pass rusher in Chicago. Yeah, um, yeah. that's the Raiders. Yeah, and I, yeah, so I think there's somebody there that might that – might, oh, and it might be an opponent that somebody got hurt in a major way uh, in the pocket last year from. So I think they might be a little extra cautious making sure that uh, the blitz pickup is handled this week against again, against again, Chuck Pagano is going to blitz more than Vic Fangio did. Vic was fine with rushing those four good, those four guys and those two really good pass rushers. And you're going to see Roquan blitz Roquan Smith on that, that X stunt up the middle a bunch. I mean, you Chuck Pagano goes back to Rex Ryan, the, the, the Baltimore Ravens when he was defense coordinator, he blitzes more than Vic did. So you better have somebody that's going to be able to pick that up. And it's not Aaron Jones. It's not his strong suit. Let's move on to the wide receivers. Devonte Adams comes in as my wide receiver three this week. He Again, he is elite. He's going to get his. Don't get cute. Not that anybody would be benching him, but uh, this one's, this is a classic don't get cute for me, so we're not going to spend too much time on him. But uh, I like Allen Robinson this week. He's my wide receiver 20. He's the only Chicago wide receiver I have ranked in my top 50, and I think he is in strong consideration for wide receiver two play. Geronimo Allison I think I would like in the flex spot. I think if there's he's going to be the hot read guy early in this game. If you're looking for a big, big flyer, he's not quite in my top 40, but uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling could be interesting. He's going to be on the field a bunch. Uh, looks like he's going to be on the field for a lot of the two-receiver sets as well. Jake, what do you make of the the Allen Robinson and Geronimo Allisons of the world? Because there are going to be a lot of people that want to put them in a flex spot or their third wide receiver spot. Yeah, I like Allen Robinson the most of those guys. I don't know what you're going to get from Allison and Valdez-Scantling. I don't know which one's going to be Aaron's guy, right? Which one's going to be two, which one's going to be three, which week that is. Uh, I think they're all considered, they're all 
should be considered as flex plays, especially as much as I think as Green Bay is going to throw it. Um, you know, it's uh, it, I don't think any of them are more than I think Allen Robinson could be your wide receiver too. Uh, I think they're going to take their shots, but he's a very well-rounded guy, big guy, good hands, solid. He seems to be the wide receiver one in, in Chicago, which we didn't know who was going to be that last year. I think he comes into the season as the bona fide number, you know, wide receiver one for them. Uh, so I like him the most of those guys, but I think they're all flex flex consideration. Yeah, I like Allen the most as well of the non-Devontae Adams crowd. Um, you know, he comes in as wide receiver 20, so he's a wide receiver two for me. There might be some value for either Anthony Miller or Taylor Gabriel or one of those guys. I just don't know what it's going to be going from a week-to-week basis and especially this week in general. Uh, I think Tariq Cohen could split, spend a lot of time uh, in a wide receiver spot. Uh, in, in this game as well. So uh, the only comfortable play- bear that I have in this game in the wide receiver spot is Allen Robinson. But let's talk about the other pass catchers. Jimmy Graham uh, has been dealing with a little bit of a finger injury, but you and I both believe that he's going to catch more than two total touchdowns this year. Uh, do you feel comfortable playing him? And if you were, like how far down in your rankings would you have to go until you said, okay, fine, I'll throw Jimmy Graham in? You know, I feel pretty good about Jimmy Graham. I, I don't think you're going to – it's a new offense. I don't think you're going to see the same thing you saw last year. Um, I feel pretty I – don't, I don't have him that far down. Maybe, maybe just outside the top 10, like 12. But he's on the waiver wire in like every league I do, and he doesn't get drafted in all these mock drafts I've done. It's crazy. Like it's – he's a guy I'd love to have as my second tight end option for sure. Mine too. I mean, he's my tight end 16 this week, but – Again, once you get outside those top like six guys, you know they're all six yeah, guys that we all know. You, you're hoping for a touchdown, like that. That that is what will put you into tight end one territory. It's just catching a touchdown, and I think he has as good a chance as any of those guys in that range. So I'm totally okay if you have him there. Uh, as far as defenses go, if you drafted the Bears defense, you probably overdrafted them. Uh, you definitely overdrafted them, but you're playing them this week. I still think they're. You know, easily one of the you know middle top five, top six defense for this week. They're going to get theirs. They're going to get some sacks. Um, Rodgers doesn't throw a lot of picks, so you might be a little nervous about that. I don't think you're going to get these defensive touchdowns, but if you drafted them, you're starting them this week. Uh, I doubt anybody drafted in is or is starting the Packers defense, but uh, I guess if you're desperate, I think they're just inside my top twenty this week, which is not again not saying a lot, damning with faint praise. But let's get into right. uh, let's get into some score predictions and thoughts on this game. The first picks, if you remember from last year, Jake and I will give you picks. Uh, I don't think either one of us have a lock on this game, but we're we're excited to see where this goes. The Bears are three point home favorites. The un, uh, the three point favorites and juiced toward the Bears. Jake, if you have to pick one here, Bears minus three, Packers plus three. What do you got? I'm going to take the Bears at home. Aaron Rodgers does not play very. Aaron Rodgers plays okay but the Green Bay Packers don't win a lot in Chicago. And they had that freak game last year where they came out and won. Uh, I'm going to take the Bears 27-23 to cover that three. I think they're that much better all the way around, although I think the Packers are good. And Aaron Rodgers still scares me, and I hate picking against him. He does. They don't have the greatest games in Chicago. I think that defense makes enough plays. I, think, I just think Chicago is that much better everywhere, that, that, that they cover that by one, but it's close. Yeah, I'm going the other way here. Uh, I like the Packers in this game. I like the Packers to win outright. Um, so if you want to take their money line, but I'll take the three points. There's just something that's bothering me about the Bears right now, and, and, I, and I can't quite figure it out. I just feel like there's so much hype about them and so little hype about the Packers, and I don't think the talent level of these two teams is that far apart. Uh, I know Chicago's a tough place to play, but I feel like the Bears might be a little bit overhyped for this game. Uh, we have seen some of these teams – now, it's a little bit different because we usually see Super Bowl-winning teams – on this Thursday night, 
and there's usually a banner ceremony and all this other all this other garbage that goes into the pregame. But we have seen some of these home teams on opening night stumble with all the energy that's around them. Uh, I like the Packers twenty-seven twenty in this game. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a is going to have a pretty darn good game. Uh, it might not be the biggest fantasy performance, but I think from a real life football perspective, he's going to have a real strong game. Uh, I like them this week. So if you want to get a little bit of extra money right now, it's plus one hundred five to take three points with the Packers. So I like that a lot. Uh, but we'll see. Why we disagree in our first game? Yeah, no, that's good. I, I, look, either way, I think it's going to be exciting. The atmosphere should be amazing in Soldier Field. Chicago's going crazy. This offseason, I don't know why there's, it just feels like there's so much freaking NFL excitement. I'm not always excited, but it just feels like there's extra this year. I don't know why, but it's, it's there. Soldier Field's going to be rocking. Great rivalry, maybe the best in football. So I think it's going to be a hell of a game either way. I, I just, you know, I'm going to lean towards the home team, who I think is a little bit better. And I know she's not on the show, but I'm going to take a wild guess and say Paige would pick the Bears to win this game. I know I'm going on a limb here, but uh, I'm imagining that. Just a little bit of a limb. Just a little bit. But uh, before we completely sign off, just a reminder that our the TDN Fantasy Draft is tonight. Paige, Jake, and myself are in it with a bunch of guys from the Draft Network. Uh, check out Paige's Instagram Live at the underscore sports page. She's going to be doing the majority of the social media activity there. I will join as well at J. Eisner FFB. Uh, and we will let you know a little bit on Friday how many of Jake's players I steal if you pick ahead of him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and vice versa. Yes, and, and, and me hoping, oh, no, I can sneak him and get this guy a few picks later, and Jake takes him with one of his two picks on the turn. So if we're still talking to each other Friday, we <laughs> – We'll be talking either way. We will be back, and we'll preview the entire NFL slate. And we'll- All right, I got, I got one more okay. question for you that I just, I've just i gotten a couple times. That we have, we talked about Zeke. What do you do with Tony Pollard if you took him now that the Zeke is back? Uh, do, you, do you sit and wait through a game? Do you play him this weekend? I, I th- do you go ahead and cut him and pick somebody up? Like, what do you do with Tony Pollard? I think he might be a sneaky flex play this week, just this week. Um, I, I think he's somebody that you might not have a better option, or maybe you drafted Melvin Gordon and you thought he'd be back by now. Whatever it might be, I think he could. Ha- he's going to have some role in this game. I think he probably – I don't know if he's going to out-touch Zeke, but he might match Zeke in touches. And now I'm not worried about Alfred Morris getting that many touches. Uh, so he's somebody that I would consider in flex play. If I have two flex spots, I think he's almost certainly going to play in that second flex spot for you. But that's about it. I don't think he's got a ton of value afterwards. If you have Zeke, I guess you hold on to him as a handcuff just because why not? If you don't have Zeke, then I think he's one of those guys that – you could feel free to drop if you like somebody that excels in week one and you want to make one of those week one waiver wire claims. Yeah, it's a good. good I just, I've gotten that a few times. I kind of thought the same thing, but I think he's definitely worth hanging on to if, if you don't have Zeke for a week or two. Because if Zeke comes back and pulls a hamstring, you're damn sure going to want him. Oh, absolutely you do. So, But we will, we will break this all down. We'll probably have some more information on Zeke workload and all this other stuff on our show on Friday. Enjoy the NFL opening season game tomorrow, and we will be back with you in a couple days. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.